Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Lawrence Thompson. How's it going today, Charles Lawrence Thompson? No Chuck this time. Chuck. Why don't you just go ahead and give my social security and birthday, mother's maiden name. Well, Costco gives people your phone number. While we're, you're at We're it. getting really close. <laughs> yeah. You should be able to get all of the information on Charlie that you possibly can. Okay. You got everything now. You guys want to mail us something? I'll let you know the address. <laughs> it's totally fine. You should be able to find whatever you need. Hey, this is Good Morning Liberty, where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. I'll be gone for the next few days. Charlie is still, you got an interview that you're going to do? interview on Friday. You said there's going to be a Chuck Solo episode tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not. Just to warn the live group, I'm not going to go live. Mm. I'm just going. I'm just going to mm. record a little episode. I think just be you debating Costco. <laughs> that would be funny. Should be the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, we're you know I mentioned Costco there. We're in the he's in the Fed haters club. He's mm. a Fed hater, also a Chuck hater, which you can be if you want to join the Fed haters club. Go to joingml.com. It's still only six bucks a month because I haven't had the time to go in there and type in another number. And so for the time being, that's what you got. You should do that today. If I think about it, I, I'll do it today. I guess I have some time. I don't have to rush out of here immediately after the episode today. Well, the thing that I most wanted to talk about, Charlie, was some, was some funny accounting gimmicks that I sent you uh, last night. Honestly, I saw this first from, from, uh, from Nina Turner. That was nice of her to post this. I guess we align with her on this whole issue with the Pentagon from the Associated Press. Has he got a call coming in? Yeah, but I'm like, I'm going to ignore. All right. I was trying to ignore the sound, but I couldn't. Uh, the Pentagon accounting error. Once again, I, I don't remember what the last one was. Couple bill, whatever it was. Now they're saying it's $6.2 billion they found for Ukraine military aid. The Pentagon accounting error strikes Again, they said on Tuesday that it overestimated the value of the weapons it has sent to Ukraine by $6.2 billion over the past two years, about double the early estimates, resulting in a surplus that will be used for future security packages. Well, how about that? It must be nice to be part of those surpluses mm. that come out of the Pentagon uh, if you're in Ukraine. It's really nice for that to I, happen. The Pentagon's gotten really good at, at errors. I mean, <laughs> you know. That's all you got to do. Mm -hmm. Now, we'll talk about how they did this, just like we did last time, and I've pulled in a little bit more details this time. Pentagon spokeswoman Sabrina Singh said, a detailed review of the accounting error found that the military services used replacement costs rather than the book value of the equipment that was pulled from Pentagon stocks and sent to Ukraine. She said final calculations show there was an error of 3.6 billion in the current fiscal year and 2.6 billion in the 2022 fiscal year. So just to cover this, the error is that when they calculated the value of the things they were sending to Ukraine in our stockpiles, they valued them at what it would cost to replace those things. And instead they realized that it was wrong for them to do that, they should have valued them at what we paid for those things. 
20 years ago or whenever that was. And by the way, they've been doing replacement costs for how long now? And now all of a sudden, oh, we should, we should do the book value. It's weird after, you know, like Republicans take over the House of Representatives and they've got a little bit, a little bit of control over the purse strings and we stop sending these massive aid packages to Ukraine, they find errors in their accounting. It turns out they've got more money available to send to Ukraine that they didn't have in the first place. I said this before, and I'll say it again. It's just, it's just cooking the books. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And, well, and, and they can get away with it. If it's an you error... You cannot do this in your own business, by the way. <laughs> no. You need to replace things, Charlie. Yeah. So, if it is an error, what it would mean is that we don't need to replace these things and that we're not going to replace them. If you're going to say that that's an error then that means we don't plan on replacing that thing. Think of it, think of it like, you know, car insurance or your house insurance, mm-hmm. right? For house insurance, they, they give you a replacement cost of the cost that it costs to build your house, plus addition, they, they, they build in what they think inflation is going to cost or the home value so that they can build you basically the exact same house if something were to happen to it, okay? That would be the, the actual replacement cost or the future. <sighs> then imagine if you bought, you know, a 20-year-old home in Nashville, mm-hmm. right? And rather than the value of that home being, you know, half a million dollars, it's only $75,000 yeah. it was 20 years ago. Yeah. You can't do that. It'd be like me having insurance on my house valued at about 40% of what the house costs right now if you were going to go along those lines. Now, if they're not going to replace the things, you could say, okay, well, that's what it costs us to do this. We don't have any interest in replacing the stockpile. It's just sitting over there going bad. You can have that leftover uranium or whatever it is. That's fine. <laughs> uh, you can have it. As a result, the department now has additional money in its coffers to use to support Ukraine as it pursues its counteroffensive against Russia. And it... Wait, hang did Oh, Ukraine as it pursues. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, is the Pentagon pursuing pursuing counteroffense it's against Russia? Technically, Ukraine, although we're just paying them to fight Russia, essentially. And it comes as the fiscal year is wrapping up and congressional funding was beginning to dwindle. Isn't it weird that they found this extra money as the congressional funding was beginning to dwindle? Mm. The U.S. has approved four rounds of aid to Ukraine in response to Russia's invasion, totaling about $113 billion with some of that money going toward replenishment of U.S. military equipment that was sent to the front lines. Members of Congress have repeatedly pressed Defense Department leaders on how closely the U.S. is tracking its aid to Ukraine to ensure that it is not subject to fraud or ending up in the wrong hands. Um, I'll just go ahead and tell you (laughs) it is. Why would it be any different from anything else that the Defense Department does? The Pentagon has said it has a robust program to track the aid as it crosses the border into Ukraine and to keep tabs on it once it's there. Uh, depending on the sensitivity of the weapon system, mm-hmm. they're able to keep yeah. tabs on it. Yeah, and by robust program, they mean <laughs> extremely manual and easily manipulated. It's a, it's a self-filled out survey. Like, did you fraud or abuse any of these things? Yeah, right. And they're like, no, I didn't. I didn't waste fraud or abuse any of these things. They're like, oh, see, look, everything was good. Just like they ask you those questions when you're mm-hmm. filling out, you know, a driver's license yeah. or, you know, uh, getting a loan or something. Are you a felon? Well, no, no, I'm not. So this is clearly just so we can send more things to Ukraine. And who is it really good for 
first off, it's good for Ukraine, clearly. It's also good for defense contractors, the people who are going to make the replacement weapons, because we're going to replace every single one of them and then some. And we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up. We've got the status of the U.S. inventory, and this was actually sometime last year. Uh, when you look at some of the, the rockets, the HIMARS launchers, limited status, Javelin missiles, limited uh, anti-tank missiles, limited Stinger missiles are limited. You know, some of these, they say adequate inventory, adequate inventory. Uh, but a lot of them are now, uh, let's see, okay in the short term, limited in the medium term for the MLRS rockets. And the thing is, all of these things are going to need to be replaced. So I ask once again, why would we not value these items at what it will cost us to replace them versus what we paid for them? In the case of something like a Stinger missile, according to Raytheon, we haven't purchased Stinger missiles from them in 18 years. So what do you think the cost difference is now on those? And just to drive home a little bit more, the replacement of weapons that we are sending to Ukraine. Remember, the error that the Pentagon found is that we valued things based on the replacement of the items, not on what we paid for them 18 years ago. Not the book value. Not the book value. All right, this from Defense News. A bipartisan group of 15 senators has unveiled legislation aimed at expediting the Defense Department's ability to backfill U.S. weapons stockpiles sent to Ukraine through non-competitive contracts. The bill would allow the Defense Department to award non-competitive contracts to arms manufacturers in order to backfill U.S. weapons stockpile sent to friendly countries such as Ukraine. That's actually an important sentence right there. There's two important things in that sentence. First off, non-competitive. Right now, technically, they're supposed to take people's bids on these items. Okay, so they're, they're technically competitive. But to speed this up, because we've given them so many things, right now they are trying to, in this specific bill, uh, they're trying to make it to where they can do non-competitive. Or Raytheon can charge whatever yeah. they want. Can you do this? We need it right now. Let's get it going. Doesn't care what it costs. That's it. Yeah. We need it right now. And by the way, the other part of the sentence that was important was it says, sent to friendly countries such as Ukraine. Meaning, this is not just for the Russia-Ukraine conflict. This is for any other time. Any time we decide to flush out our military stockpiles we want in this bill to be able to refill them immediately with non-competitive contracts because we need all of those weapons yeah. do you think we we sell some of these too when they're about to re reach their expiration date probably the authority, expiration date the authority can only <laughs> be if used by <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> March of 2021. This will kill more people <laughs> if you use it by this day. The authority can only be used for items similar to the weapons sent from U.S. stocks, and the Pentagon must notify Congress within one week of issuing a non-competitive contract under that provision. Perfect. They got to notify them. Mm -hmm. Quote, when providing aid to allies under attack, we must ensure we can quickly replenish our own stockpiles in the process. Replenish our own stock. I'm going to keep driving the replenish our stockpiles problem because in many of these things we'll read we are going to replace these weapons why is it an error that we valued them at what it's going to cost us to mm. replace them yeah uh corson said upon introducing the securing american arms act last week this legislation would authorize faster procurement of weapons and combat articles to help uh, so helping our allies and partners doesn't diminish our ability to protect ourselves 
The White House submitted a request to Congress earlier this month for an additional $13.7 billion in Ukraine aid, which includes a request for an additional $3.7 billion presidential drawdown authority that would allow President Joe Biden to send Kyiv more equipment from U.S. military stockpiles. Weapons that the Defense Department will then have to backfill. They're going to replace the weapons. Replenish. Now, do you think Raytheon and Lockheed are going to charge us what we paid for the weapons that we sent to Ukraine? In 1990? Yeah. Of course. Out of the goodness of their heart. I'm sure they they care about the defense of our Mm -hmm. nation and democracy and things like that. Biden has used the drawdown policy 20 times since last August to provide approximately $12.5 billion in U.S. military equipment to Ukraine. Under current law, the Defense Department must then open a competitive contract process to replace the weapons even those that are exclusively designed by a specific company or a consortium uh, of companies. Consortium is how I would have said it, but just whichever way. Uh, By a slew of companies. (laughs) Slew. (laughs) Whole mess of them, man. All over the place. Oh, under Secretary of Defense for Acquisition and Sustainment Bill, LaPlante said in a press briefing last week that $1.2 billion in contracts are currently underway to refill equipment. That amount includes $624 million to backfill Stinger anti-ship missiles, $352 million for Javelin anti-tank missiles, and another $33 million to replace high-mobile artillery rocket systems. The U.S. in recent years has transferred 1,400 Stingers to Ukraine as well as 5,000 Javelins. That amounts to one quarter and one third of the stockpiles for each munition, respectfully. Okay. We're now, in the wrong business, bro. I know, man. Now let's mm. move a little bit further forward in time because this is from a few months back. Don't worry. The U.S. is now buying more Stingers after the missile success in Ukraine. Actually, this is also from last year. This is the replace, some of those original 1,400 that we sent over there to them. There are some questionable numbers that we'll be looking at here. The Army said on Friday it awarded a contract worth $625 million to Raytheon for anti-aircraft Stinger missiles in order to replenish stocks sent to Ukraine. As Charlie just mentioned, that $624 million, this says $625 million to Raytheon. U.S. troops have limited use for these Stingers, a lightweight, self-contained weapon that can be deployed quickly to defend against helicopters, airplanes, drones, spy balloons, and even cruise missiles. (laughs) But the United States needs to maintain its supply on hand while it develops the next generation of these weapons. Since February... Why do, why do we need this supply, by the way? Why do we need so much? Who decides? Our, our, like, our only use for these weapons, these are the ones you see them put the, you know, up on the shoulder, mm-hmm. and they can fire them at an airplane or, or a balloon or whatever it is yeah. that's going around. And um, Hopefully not miss. Most of the wars that we fight, the, those people don't have air forces. Now, if we were to fight China or Ru- we're fighting Russia right now with them, I mean, I get, it's important to have the option if someone were to no, I'm invade. Just saying, why do we need so many? Oh, I don't know. Because we got to give some to Ukraine. Mm. And also because these people give money to your political campaigns. And if you don't maintain adequate stockpiles, they don't get adequate money to have adequate campaign finances for mm. you. You know, that's one mm. of the big issues. Yep. Uh, since circle February. Of life. The contract for up to 1,468 Stingers 
was awarded on Wednesday, according to a document, and was worth up to $687 million with the options added in. That's $467,000 per missile. Mm. By the way, just in case anyone was wondering, $1,468. Oddly, to replace the $1,400 that we sent to Ukraine, got to have an extra $68 in case any of them get lost in shipping, a little bit of breakage, something like that. Um, There was no timeline for completion, uh, but it could take 30 months for the delivery. The president of Raytheon said the order will help fulfill their current military order and replenish the stingers provided to Ukraine and accelerating production. Keep in mind, with the 1,468 stingers and the $687 million contract, this is roughly $467,000 per missile that we're going to be paying. Uh, the U.S. Department of Defense has not purchased a stinger in 18 years, meaning the ones that we just gave to Ukraine, Charlie, you're about to find are 18 years old. what they what they cost at the time. Uh, coming up here in a second Mm. because not only are we giving away a bunch of our stingers and then we're ordering a bunch more oddly enough we're also looking for new anti-aircraft missiles to replace these old useless stinger missiles that we don't even need in the first place they're decrepit they smell funny (laughs) the dogs are always bothering with them it's time for new this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Think about this with me, folks. Seriously, I want you to think about it for a minute. Over the past week, how much time did you spend on yourself, on things that you needed and wanted versus the amount of time you spent on other people? I mean, actually, what's the answer to that? For me, I don't even want to tell you the ratio. It's not that great. It's easy to get caught up worrying about everyone else and what makes them happy. And then a couple months go by and you're like, whoa. What about me? What do I need? Therapy can help you strike a better balance in your life so you can continue being a great friend or a great family member without getting stretched too thin and burnt out. If you're considering therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, flexible, and convenient. Just fill out a few questions on the website to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can even switch therapists at any time for no charge. Hey, listen, my life was changed because I chose to go to therapy Charlie still uses BetterHelp. He's been using it for a few years. He loves it, loves the app. Seriously, if you're thinking about this, I highly recommend BetterHelp. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GML. All right, so the next one from, from uh, PopScience.com. PopScience. The U.S. Army wants a new human portable missile that soldiers can use to shoot down aircraft. Looking to replace the vulnerable, the, the venerable? Venerable. Venerable. Stinger. I don't know what that word means, honestly. Stinger anti-war weapon. The Army put out a request for information on March 28th and wants the weapon in production by 2027. That's good. We got four years Mm -hmm. to figure this out. A new anti-air weapon program for the Army has long been in the works, but Russia's invasion of Ukraine has cast the issue in stark relief. The ability of soldiers on the ground to destroy aircraft or at least make the threat of airstrikes a risk to pilots has greatly constrained how Russia is fighting the war. The solicitation dryly notes that the current Stinger inventory is in decline, which is one way to describe the U.S. Army sending thousands of missiles from its own inventory to Ukraine's military. The missiles cost $38,000 apiece. That's a much better missile price. We got a way better deal. When we bought them uh, 
18 years ago, according to Raytheon, was the last mm. time that we ordered Stinger missiles uh, or purchased Stinger missiles from them. Uh, according to this publication, those missiles were $38,000 a piece. Now, there could be other costs associated with this. There could be the missile itself, which is separate from the launching device itself. And the, this one includes the launch device plus the missile. Let's just be generous and say that the missile is like uh, all in all like $120,000 a piece because that's another number that I found online for a Stinger missile. I was looking at buying them. You can get them on eBay and stuff, you know, and uh, different. <laughs> but there are like people who will help you get missiles. Mm. Okay. Got some of the websites pulled up right now. And um, they were like 120K a piece. You can get cheaper Russian missiles for like 60 to 80K. Mm. a piece nice um just so you know but it turns out the new ones if you want to buy these from raytheon coming out to about four hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars per per missile that's about a 1500 percent increase <laughs> yeah that's, so that's nice oh i kind of i guess i put this down here yeah, i didn't put it if, in red if, though if that figure is correct we're spending up to 687 million dollars to replenish $56 million worth of missiles. Now you see how the Pentagon found money here? Mm-hmm. So rather than putting on the books that it would cost 687 to replenish, they're like, oh, we only paid $56 million, so now we just found. <laughs> they found $631 million. Just like that. Just like that. They saved that much money, it's actually. It's a surplus. That's like finding $20 <laughs> in your pocket, man. It's the same thing. You know, do a load of water, you do a load of laundry, or you have an old coat that you wore last winter. For this winter, you put it on. Somehow, some you, you forgot you stuffed a $5 bill in there. <laughs> same thing. The live group cracked me up right now. Mm -hmm. Kelly Blue Book Value. It's like a general <laughs> Kelly Blue Book Value. General Kelly. <laughs> and then you have the uh, custom wraps on it, too. If you want to do that, you can get the MAGA wrap on there. <laughs> okay. Uh, That's probably for the more expensive MAGA wrapped ones. Well, that's, the they only million. offer those when they're doing competitive contracts. True, true. When you're not being competitive, you don't have to offer those features. Get standard military <laughs> OD green. That's, that's what you get. <laughs> okay, so what's the problem here? They're coming out saying that they made an error. What was that? <laughs> Pimp my missile. Grab that URL while you still can. Pimpmymissile.com. Come on. It's got to be open. <laughs> uh, for those that are too young, like Costco, that don't know, Pimp My Ride used to be a, a great show on MTV back in the day. Pimp My Stinger. Was that VH1 or MTV? Uh, MTV, I think, I think yeah. had that. Pimp My Missile. Yep. Oh, I used to love that. That was fun. I like that show. The Pimp My Ride? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that got me to spend a lot of money on my car. And it turns out the little chrome things you buy at AutoZone are not the same as what you saw on Pimp mm -hmm. My Ride. They're, sure isn't. Yeah, it's very different things yeah. uh, that you get at AutoZone. No offense to AutoZone. I think it's a great, uh, great place. So anyway, Charlie, the point here is they made an error <laughs> where they accidentally, some idiot, some peon in there, or maybe an actual accountant uh, was in there and valued these weapons at what it would cost to replace them. And now, since they can't get more money freely from Congress, quite as easily, they probably still could get the money from Congress, uh, they've decided to instead value the weapons at 
what we paid for them. The problem is we are going to replace all of these weapons. You even see from the order from Raytheon, it's not just the 1,400 that we gave the Ukraine. The order is for 1,468 missiles. It's a little bit more, you know? Throw in some, I mean, there could be manufacturing errors, stuff like that, oh, you know? It's missile inflation. It's, it happens, yeah. you know? It's affecting everyone. We're not the only people who suffer from inflation, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? Also, we're not going to leave the banks out of this. No. Of course not. There's, they got to get their piece of the this pie, This whole too. thing is such a giant... It's a gold rush, is what it is. The defense contractors, the Biden family, clearly, has been making hay while the sun was shining. Speaking of sunshine, it's June 21st right now. Longest day yeah. of the year, summer solstice. About that. My it's favorite a, day. It's a, the farmer's favorite day of the year, you know? Mm -hmm. Every day is downhill from now uh for my dad just you know? gets darker <laughs> just darker every single day <laughs> okay anyway uh of course this big money laundering scheme can't only affect the defense contractors now we got blackrock jp morgan setting up a reconstruction bank for ukraine god the money we need to get in ukraine man <laughs> this is where people are going to be making the money mm. you know how much just free flowing cash there is around there they're just handing it out. Also bombs. Yeah. Stuff like that. Nazis. <laughs> it's just... I mean, if you can dodge a bomb, you can dodge a ball. That's what they say. Or dodge a ball. Yeah, exactly. Uh, are you going to do this one? You want me to do this one? What do we got here? I can do it. BlackRock and J.P. Morgan Chase are reportedly aiding the Ukrainian government in setting up a reconstruction bank that could see rebuilding projects being heavily invested in by private entities. Imagine that. <laughs> How nice of them. The Financial Times noted that it would cost Ukraine roughly $411 billion to rebuild their country amid the onslaught of attacks by Russia, but the cost is continuing to increase. Of course. The Ukraine Development Fund is still in the early stages of setting up the reconstruction bank, but potential investors will get an inside preview of how things will look during a London conference that is set to take place this week. Now look, I, we're not saying any of this because we... Like people shouldn't profit or anything like that, but <clears throat> this should have never happened to begin with. So that's why it's like we're not necessarily making fun of capitalism because people are providing things that are needed. Banks are so necessary. We, I, I think yes. that banks are a necessary part of an economy. The issue that I have with it is how much of this Ukraine-Russia conflict has gone on for longer than it should have because of all of these people that we're talking about being able to make so much more money, billions and billions of dollars in Perhaps aid. Probably trillions by the time we get done with it. When it's all done, of course. The, the $113 billion that they've cited that we've given them, it's going to be a trillion. It, even if they still say it's $113 billion, it'll end up being a trillion. That's mm -hmm. just the way that government accounting works out. We're already seeing it right now from the Pentagon. Mm -hmm. you know? So it's not that we don't like profit and we don't like all that, but... What are the people who run BlackRock and J.P. Morgan Chase doing? Whose wheels are they greasing in the background to keep this stuff going? Well, um, the problem is this is not free market capitalism. Right? No. It's, it's not. This is uh, what I consider cronyism. A lot of the money that they're going to be handling, by the way, in this bank is going to be our money that's stolen from us and then given to Ukraine so they can rebuild. Mm -hmm. The rebuilding process in Ukraine, there absolutely will be new legislation come down 
that we need to give them tens to hundreds of billions of dollars to help rebuild. Because we got to support the Nazis over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got to. They're having a tough time right now. Though BlackRock and J.P. Morgan are offering their services, how benevolent of them. Nice. They will likely have the first look at potential investments in the Eastern European country. Imagine that. The report noted that the current development has only deepened J.P. Morgan's relationship with its longstanding client, Ukraine. That's where you got to get to, man. Mm -hmm. Like, who's one of your clients? A whole country. Yeah. The report noted that the current development has only, uh, I just read that. The financial institution has helped Ukraine raise more than $25 billion in sovereign debt since 2010, and it led the country's $20 billion debt reconstruction in 2022. BlackRock has claimed that Ukraine's ne- uh, Ukraine needs a development finance bank that would provide the country with infrastructure, climate, and agricultural op- opportunities. This will apparently make them more attractive to other long-term investors. J.P. Morgan uh, was added to the venture due to its debt expertise. However, it does not appear that Ukraine is expected to receive such investments until the end of the conflict with Russia. Uh, Putin, during a meeting with the African Union, revealed that Ukraine had allegedly signed a treaty in the spring of 2022, but the country went back on it after Russia had agreed to the terms. So it looks like it was almost over. And they said, nah. That was one thing that uh, I did see come out. I haven't looked into it too much, but it does seem like there were some peace deals that were made. And even the U.S., as we have continued to do, have come in and said, no, no, no peace deal. You're not giving up anything. Uh, we're going to fight this thing out and has stopped them from hitting any of the uh, any of those peace deals. So uh, there was one word highlighted up here. BlackRock claimed that Ukraine needs a development finance bank that would provide the country with infrastructure climate and agriculture opportunities so imagine in your war war torn crumbling destroyed leveled country and thinking in your first batch of things that need fixed are making sure that there are the proper climate opportunities coming Mm -hmm. up it's almost I saw someone post online, and I try not to get too conspiracy with this, but they were saying this is going to be like a World Economic Forum uh, test zone, basically, the 15-minute cities. You know, they're just going to, it's been torn down, and they're just going to rebuild it in their new world order image. Mm -hmm. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I tell you what, man, if there are websites where you can buy land in Ukraine, I'm just saying... People like BlackRock, JP, JP Morgan coming in there, buy a couple acres of land in Ukraine while you're worried about getting killed. Value is going to pop up mm. if they end up winning the war. You know, there's going to be a lot of money getting thrown around in there. We should consider the investment. According to Biden, they're never going to, we're not going to quit. Yeah. Can't quit on Ukraine. They're our friends. Um, someone in the group asks, is a third party the best hope to getting out of this mess? Uh, my. <sighs> My terrible, it's Wednesday, by the way. It's not White Pill Wednesday, though. <laughs> it's just not White Pill Wednesday. Listen, I'm not a RFK Jr. fan, and I know he's not going to win either, okay? He's just not going to, and if he does, he'll be dead before he gets there. <laughs> just saying. He knows that, too. Um, third party, listen, I'm sorry. Libertarians aren't close right now. I don't know what the answer is on that, but I did happen to bring over 
a, uh, a clip here of RFK Jr. talking about how we've not been talking with Putin. He does seem to have his head on straight when it comes to this uh, whole thing. What he, what he talks about is how we've always had diplomacy when it comes to these countries all throughout our lives. And all of a sudden, Putin is just such a bad man. He's worse than Corn Pop. Okay, he was a bad dude. We know that. Uh, he's worse than that. And we just can't talk to him. There's no reason that we would ever talk to this guy. He is a warlord, war criminal. Why would the U.S. talk to him? I think the reason the U.S. should talk to him is because we're currently fighting a war against this country and using all of our taxpayer money to do it. And it's in our best interest to end this war as soon as we possibly can. But it's in other people's best interest to continue the war. That's the problem. Mm. Look at J.P. Morgan. Look at BlackRock. Look at the defense companies. Look at Raytheon, Lockheed, all them. It's in all of those people's best interest that this goes on as long as possible. And the Biden family's best interest probably too. And the 15 senators <laughs> that are looking for more money. Right, let's see what RFK Jr. had to say on this. That step comes from a changed attitude and from courage. Speaking in the midst of the Cold War, John Kennedy asked us, quote, not only to see the distorted and desperate view of the other side, not to see conflict as inevitable accommodation as impossible, and communication as nothing more than exchange of threats. Let's take a moment and allow the, that to sink in. Today, America has broken off practically all diplomatic contact with Russia, so that communication has indeed become little more than an exchange of threats and insults. FDR met with Stalin. JFK met with Khrushchev. Nixon met with Brezhnev. Reagan met with Gorbachev. Can't Biden meet with Putin? Do we have... Can't we... Or can't we at least... Can't we at least begin a conversation? Do we now have such a distorted and desperate view of the other side that we won't even speak to them? To see conflict as inevitable has become the cornerstone of U.S. foreign policy. It almost seems as if we would prefer the war to keep going for as long as possible. Because my little tiny conspiracy theory is that we have been sitting on these stockpiles of weapons that have not been overly useful. What are we going to do with Stinger missiles? We don't fight people that have... Literally been sitting on them for 18 yeah, years. We don't fight people that have airplanes, you know, that, with an Air Force. That's not something that we do. And so if you're a defense contractor, it's in your interest that we reorder some things. But the problem is we haven't been using the things that we have in our stockpiles. We've been using some of them, of course, in Afghanistan and Iraq and Syria and Libya and wherever else we've been using them, but they want us to use up the stuff that's in those warehouses so they can sell us not just replacements, but also now this idea that we need a new anti-aircraft missile, a brand new thing, even though we're not even fighting people with aircraft right now. I get it. You should be able to fight China, I guess. You want to have some kind of a stockpile for that. And it seems like that's what everyone is pushing. They want us to cycle through our stockpiles so that we can reorder all of these things. And um, that's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of gross. It's kind of like a, <laughs> it's a really stupid analogy. You know how when you buy a printer, the only thing that really costs all the money is the ink for it. But it'd be like your printer ink company 
sending you a bunch of documentation monthly that you got to print off and sign and, sign and send back to them, you know, so you can so you eventually have to buy, have to buy some more ink from them yeah. afterwards. Yeah. It's that kind of a thing. Or like if the people who make the diabetes test strips are like, oh, actually, we found that it's best if you test yourself once every 15 minutes. We think that's the best way to do it. And you can order these test strips from our website right here. You know, well, it's that kind of thing. And you have like, you have these massive companies like Procter & Gamble and Gillette and stuff that they literally base their business model off things that people have to replace. Mm -hmm. Like that's how you become extremely rich. So the guy, I read the story about the guy who started Gillette Razors, basically. Um, he, for years, looked for something that people would have to replace. That's why he came up with a disposable razor. And it became huge. Mm. Huge. You know? Huge. Huge. <laughs> people with paper plates, you know? <laughs> I use paper plates. So do I. Yeah. Love them. Yeah, I, I, hate, love them. I hate trees and the environment. <laughs> that's that's you know? right. But you find, you got to, you know, and then when people aren't replacing <clears throat> those things, you got to find ways that they have to replace them. Yep. Because you got to keep the coffers full. We got another story in here, but I think uh, if you're going to do a solo episode tomorrow, I'll leave it for you because it's one that you're, okay. it'd be, be easy for you to, to talk about. So Sounds good. let's just make this a whole Pentagon Ukraine war special mm -hmm. today. All right, y'all, if you enjoyed today's episode, share it around. We appreciate you doing that. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Sign up for the Fed Haters Club at joingmail.com or godhatesfeds.com. Pick yourself up a t-shirt or a puzzle. Fun little puzzles on there mm -hmm. for all you puzzle-loving, liberty-loving people. And uh, there's a link to go to the Fed Haters Club. Still cheap right now because Nate's cheap, so <laughs> only six bucks a month. Go sign up. If you do all of those things, I will be back tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. That's right. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.